0: thanks yeah yeah I'm on right alright so this is a talk that that came about David's um, wife Lori sent out an email to a bunch of people that I had probably got mistakenly placed on and she was asking when Bailey who's probably the tallest guy in the room besides you you know I look up to him um he just turned 13 and they were asking us to write letters to him of wisdom when he was 13 so I didn't have any so I just started writing down some little stuff I was like I don't really know what to do but I can kind of help you with what not to do. And so I called David in I was like David I really here's what I got for your son sit beside me so you can filter my words as I kind of talk to him. So this whole talk is just a series called Dear Bailey and it's practical things in life. Where we're, when we're trying to find that balance of that midpoint of biblical tension, where do we go? Because there's ditches on both sides of the road, as you tell me all the time. So we'll, you can hit the next one. So we relate this to essentially American football. And know I've got to explain this for you guys who didn't grow up playing sports. But essentially, football, there's a route that... um that you throw, it's called the fade route. Now, we've all probably seen it, but, Someone's lights are on, there's a suburban in sac That's Cool. All right, the lights are still on. Yeah, I got it. I got it. So when you're throwing the fade route, when you grow up, you're taught to always miss high and away. Essentially, it's a route. You can hit the next one and the next one. Um... Yes, so I'm going to explain that route after I read this quote. Um, Flip says a lot. David says a lot. said, we must stand on the midpoint of biblical tension because there's ditches on both sides of the road. There's ditches over here on the left, left. There's ditches over here on the right. So we got to learn to stand on the midpoint. And while we're doing that, how do we miss to the right side? So go to the next video. This is going to show the next one what the fade route is. So these are some kids. Like, us. Oh, so I'm a kid. You guys aren't kids. But they're throwing the fade, and you're always taught to miss high and away. All right, so that's good. You can go to the next video. I'm Calvin
1: Jackson from Detroit. Today I'm going to teach you the basics of the fade route. Let's go do it.
0: On the play route, the first thing... Not an know, English you video. You keep your shoulders low and your hands up. Because the first thing the DB is going to try to do is get his hands in your chest to try to slow you down. So on the snap of the ball, you got to have your hands up. Say that. Knock his arms down. The next thing you want to remember is to keep enough distance between you and the sideline. Because the one thing the DB wants to do is run you out of bounds so you cannot make on the ball. Roughly five yards is usually good enough space between you and the sideline. Before you get to the goal line, the right when you get to it, you have to locate the ball where it's at, so you can know what kind of adjustment you're going to have to make on the ball while it's coming to you. you got to know how much space you have between you and the sideline, and then you got to know the velocity of the ball, so you can go up and snap the ball at its highest point. Alright, you're good velocity. to go. So that is essentially what's called the fade route. And when you're taught to throw it as a kid, you're always taught to miss high and away. Because if you miss high, the only person that can catch it is your receiver. If you miss to the outside, the only person that can catch it is the sideline. So the point is, in both of those scenarios, the defense can't catch it. So you can never throw an interception. You can never go wrong if you always miss high and away. Now, you may not complete many passes when you're first throwing to the sideline every time, but at least nothing can go wrong. And as your skills progress, you can slowly start to aim a little more left, a little more left, a little more left, until you and your receiver are on the same page, and now you're constantly throwing that ball, and it's on like Donkey Kong every single time. So, as we're growing up, in the faith. <laughs> yeah, I do. And and I was like, "Well, what do I what do I what do I tell Bailey? How do I get up in front of a a class like this? I don't really have much wisdom, but I can kind of tell you what not to do over here." So this is one of my favorite verses. How can a man keep his way pure by keeping him. There we go. So that's how we can do it. So if we base our foundation on the scriptures and on principles and everything right here, we're not going to really go wrong. So we'll go to the next one. So all the time in life, we're coming to these constantly. Um, yeah, this is good. We're com- No, no, no. You're good right there. So we're coming to these. What should I do? What should I do? First couple ones, you know, I was like, well, should I dress up for a night or should I dress down? I was decided to err on the caution of dressing up. Make me not look like a schmuck. So many times, you know, I see it a lot, and I've seen it a lot in my own life. It's like, well, do I spend the money, or do I be some, some cheap dude over here? So over here, in this first scenario, just basic stuff, I would always advocate to spend. And where I get that from was when I was valeting cars at the Hilton in Charlotte. If you guys can open up the Proverbs... Chapter 3, verse 27. I wrote, I wrote in my Bible, when these guys would always come to me at the Hilton, and you'd go get their car for them, you'd really serve them, you'd hook them up, tell them the best restaurant in town, call the manager because you knew him, and then you'd send them there like, oh, thanks man, I'll get you on the way back. And every time you just hook this guy up and he comes out with, oh, oh, I've got to 20, I'll get you on the way back. Or he comes out and is like, oh, I'll just tip you on the way back. And I'm sitting there and I read this proverb. says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it, is your, when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor or the valet, come back later, I'll give it to you tomorrow. When you have it with you today. Because we can always buy... Buy more things but we can never buy more time, so even when nah, I haven't been on a date in a while, but even when we are, if there's a chance to go for a horse and carriage ride, and you're sitting over here it's like,, oh, maybe not I, I, I gotta maybe maybe we should maybe we should just go keep walking like you always take the horse and carriage ride <laughs> every single time. I live vicariously through all you married people right now. But but that's just how it is. We never, you know, you prepare so you can perform. It doesn't mean we're going off and spending more than we have. It doesn't mean we're going out and living extravagantly beyond our means. But when it's, when it's on, like, it's time to go. So you, we prepare for that, and it's always, in the moment, it's always, we, we just, we, we don't miss over here. I mean, I'm sick and tired of men being cheap. Like I mean, we see it so much in our culture with cheap men. It's like, come on, bro. Are you serious? Like, does what what book are you reading? Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't I don't think God's a cheap God, and if God's a gentleman, I don't think He would be a cheap gentleman. And I and I look at this, and somebody can pull up um, Genesis with Isaac, Genesis 24, Isaac and and Rachel, Rebecca. I want you to read, somebody get Genesis twenty-four twenty-two, and then someone, 2 Kings chapter 5, with Naaman. Joseph. Genesis 22. Verse yeah. yeah. Verse We're going to look at what this servant gave to, to this guy's dad, to this young lady's dad. Genesis twenty-four twenty-two. When the yes. camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring, weighing a half a shekel, and two bracelets for her arms, weighing ten gold shekels. Bam. so, so, if I'm a servant, and I just give this guy was I added it up price of gold because I'm into that stuff, yeah, about an hour, right? yeah, yeah, and this was about about a fifty thousand dollar gift. Hey, could you tell me who you're oh i'm I'm really open to tell you now. you just broke down a lot of walls right here. The servant didn't hold anything back, same thing in 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 second Kings, anybody got that. Yeah, yeah, 5 just with um with Name we're going to look at what Naaman brought, Elisha. I got it. Now, five, five, the king's here. a letter to the King of Israel. So Yep. It with pounds of silver, is that it? Yep. 6000 shekels of gold and 10 changes of clothing. So that was about a 150 pounds of gold and 750 pounds of silver. Silver's 40 bucks an ounce, gold's about $1600 an ounce. That was about a 5 million dollar gift in today's currency. <laughs> 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 $500 <suit>. <laughs> <laughs> And 10 talents of clothing. You know, these probably were Armani type clothing. All right, so we'll go to the next one right here. So it's, don't, don't miss on the cheap side. If you've got to miss, go miss, miss over here. Because we can always go work more. We can always pick up a few more hours. We can always go sell something. But we can never create more time when, like we can create more money. Over here, straight out of your, your pursuing manhood bog, passion and passivity. We've got passion over here, and here's some guys who, what I say, exuded very strong, they're passionate men. Over here in passivity, we have the first guy. He was a little passive at times, especially one time. Esau. Man, flip, your rant on Esau this morning was off the charts. He was a little passive when he gave up his birthright. Jacob, he was a little passive. Reuben was a little passive when they sold his brother in. But these guys over here, Joshua, Caleb, David, Jonathan, Peter. One of my favorite things we see about Peter is he cut off a guy's ear. You get everybody else sitting over there in the corner you know, don't take him, don't take him. Like, you know, he's a really good guy. Like, let's let's talk here. But you've got Peter. Maybe he didn't do the right thing, but he wasn't going to miss over here. He's got some some chutzpah, <laughs> as we call it. He's got some. And he's, he cuts off the guy's ear. And what can Jesus do with that? He can take care of that. But he can't really do much over here. So when we're trying to find out do we, do, we, do we say back and wait, or do we... If we got to miss, the goal is not to miss. Every single time, the goal is not to miss. So we've got to get to a point where we're not missing. But while we're, not, while we're trying to find that midpoint of biblical tension, when we cut a guy's ear off, God's at least got something he can use. He's at least got a man who's willing to act. Let's go to the next one. Passive people. Go to the next one. Matthew eleven twelve. 12. You and I were talking about this one the other night. This is the one I was trying to, to pull up, but I couldn't. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. All right, what do you guys think about that one? This is why I love this, because I'm not the only one that has to talk. That's why I wasn't even nervous tonight, because I knew you guys would do most of the talking. All right, next one.
2: something uh, that was, uh, a, it, there was something afoot, uh, whether it be uh, in grasping the kingdom or in keeping
3: the kingdom away, either way. Something really fighting. There was something at that, in that moment in history that, that people responded to. Mm.
4: Spiritual warfare.
0: This is how we fight against those principalities and powers, not with passivity, but with the sword of the spirit, which is an act of violence. And that's how the kingdom of God proceeds. Really Amen. I don't want to get too secular over here. I don't want to get too so you know. I mean this is a led nonviolent revolutions, but he even said, even Gandhi said, if he had a choice between a violent man and a coward, he would choose the violent man every single time. Because you can't really do much with a coward, but you can teach a violent man how to love. Even Gandhi. Let's go to the next one. Even Gandhi. This is the when we were talking about Peter. And down here, it's, it's so frustrating when we see in the church, when we see amongst ourselves, when I see in, in our. I looked at my own heart a lot when I see passivity. But God has not given us straight out of 2 Timothy. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but one a spirit of power. And of course he had to throw in the self-control thing too. Ugh, threw it in the fruits of spirit. Man, got me every time.
5: sitting on the sidelines but letting God bless you and move on it was about getting your butt out there and mixing with the populace teaching your family going to work and being that man of God that could be seen that whose faith could be measured measured by his self-control in the face of adversity or ridicule or measured by a spirit Power moving within the people, sharing the gospel, or standing up against unrighteousness. That's not what I grew up here.
0: Hmm.
5: That's the difference.
0: There. I mean, we're not going to hear that, like you said, we're not going to hear that in big mega churches. Go ahead.
6: It says, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Flat out that if we're going to follow him and proclaim this kingdom of heaven which goes contrary to the flesh, of the world and its worldview and felt unshung and shown it and and goes contrary to the devil is going to have to be a violent man. He is going to have to be a man of great vigor, just like our Lord Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. He did. It is a violent kingdom. This when we when this kingdom comes into our hearts, it does violence there first. As we have to deal with our own sinful self and to imagine that someone could save wretches like us and then he straightens us up gets our chin set like a flint toward Jerusalem and says now go into all the earth and and tell them about me. And it's going to be a only violent men can apprehend this. Passive men will never apprehend this. Men that want to sit back and never get to their place of responsibility will never Ever advance the kingdom of heaven. The, the kingdom of heaven when God talks about marriage. The, the church has just allowed marriage to be defiled and not what it is. God hates divorce. And we, and we passive men sit back while this is going on to the point where in USA Today we find out that the Boy Scouts are now ready to allow homosexual sodomites into into the Boy Scouts of America. But what is going on here? Well, it's simply that the light isn't very bright. It's under a bushel hiding in a cave, and the salt has lost its saltiness. It's being trampled under the feet of men. And that, and the only place that we can look is to the government to fix this, please. Democrats believe that the government's a salvation. Republicans believe that the government is a, some form of salvation. They believe that that's a lie. But we know that Jesus is. And we gotta get a whole lot lighter. And a whole lot saltier and take on these issues that are engaging us in the world today. But, but most of us are just sitting back doing nothing. Say? But not
5: without the violence. We have
6: to step up. We do. We're going to be persecuted. The violence is going to come upon us. Mm-hmm. If it came upon Jesus,
5: should we expect
6: that we get better treatment than him? Do you think the cross was some sort of good citizenship award from Rome that he got because of. No, it was. God's reward to him for following him all the way through. And it is what brings us salvation. He's a
4: violent man.
6: And we have to be violent. We have to be violent with our own flesh first. Slay the dragon from within that we can slay the dragon from without. Mm. <laughs>
0: there you go. No, don't, don't be sorry.
3: Just as a side note, that Yeah. You don't have to succeed in living a God's life.
0: It's just the desire that will take you far enough to suffer persecution. So, Bailey, let me just come back to you. If we've got to make a choice and we've got to decide which way to miss, I don't know what to do, but I just, I'm just going to do something over here. I'm, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to at least be passionate over here. I'm at least going to miss over here instead of standing by passively Watching my country, watching my family, watching my friends, watching everybody around me, and watching myself being brought down. I'm at least going to... Over here. All right, let's go to the next one. Next one. I just stole this off your blog because I thought it was really cool. Because it's an example of my and our, as a church, passivity in our own nation... Abortion is a perfect example. Every abortion clinic should have a sign over the door that says open by permission of the churches in this area. Because when we drive by a lot of places and it's church, 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 strip club. And I was like, ah. Man, I gotta... Why? That's my city. This is my town. Those are my friends. Go in there. Why? What? I missed the boat on, you know. So we got the next one. This is one of my favorite ones. This is one of my favorites. So if we got to figure out over here, wait on the Lord. Man, I mean, I grew up in a very, very liberal Christianity. I was really confused for a long time because when I was fighting, and I had a long hair, traveling up the country, doing MMA, and I was in this very Tony Campola social job, living in homeless shelters Christianity, so I was super confused the whole time. So I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on. It was like, well, wait on the Lord. And it was like, well, now I go work, because I didn't read the Old Testament. Who would have thought? I didn't really read the Bible much then either, so I was just all kinds of confused. Um, you know, we hear, wait on the Lord. But then once we start reading, we kind of God begins to reveal himself how he acts, how he, how he does things. So do I work over here, or do I just sit on and wait on a blessing? Do I actually pick up the phone and, and do something, or do I just, you know, kind of, man, Lord, I really need you to bring these clients in. I really need you to, to do this for me. It's like, no. If we're going to miss, I mean, I want to get to the point where I can miss on the on the waiting side. But if we're going to miss, we want to miss over here on the work side. Yeah, yeah. An example we talked about last, uh, last Shabbat with uh, the of Israel, when they were
4: as the backs against the sea and they saw Pharaoh's uh, hosts come up mm. their response was to array into battle. And, and they had the option.
2: So It'd be a miracle that way. So let's be ready. That's right. So they array into battle, uh, they get into battle array, and uh, you know Moses' response is, of course, stand back and wait. You're going to see that God's going to deliver you, and He's going to deliver you in the way maybe that you don't so don't so much expect, and then the sea parts behind them. But the point is that they
0: they stood ready. They trusted God either way, and they but they got ready. And all throughout the you know we we see it a lot, go take the land, go take the land, see, I've given you this land, go and take possession of the land that the lordy swordy gives to you that actually says you your father's, I just butchered it, but anyway, there it is it's plural. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it says, go take the land it's like well i, well, I got a, I got a business idea i got I got clients that need that meet needs i need there's there's stuff in the marketplace that really needs value added to it. Okay, Lord, bring me those clients. Like I really need them. Bring them my way. Hopefully they'll call me. Hopefully they'll do something. But says, I've already given you the land. Just go take it. We, we fight from a place of victory. I, the, the victory is the Lord's and we, He's already given it to us. But if we sit over there and wait, 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 we're never going to be able to really go inherit the land and go take possession of that. So if you're going to miss every single... Not every, the goal is not to miss. But if we're going to miss, go ahead. I was
7: just going to say, I mean, that was one of the major sins of the spies that went in. Mm. It's like, the land is yours. I mean, I don't even know why you're spying now, but okay, go ahead. And they come back with this horrible report. Only two guys said that, yeah, we can, we can take this, that's no problem. We've got God on our side, let's go for it. And they're the two that lasted. The rest I'm of them died sure in the wilderness.
0: One <laughs> men of a different spirit David a little bit about um, like when you guys were doing like trying to get Freddie May and Freddie, and, and Freddie Mac those guys like you weren't sitting and praying I mean you were on your knees praying for those guys but it was everything I'll do uh, one little Old Testament passage and then I'll do something
8: Vegetation, nor had any tree or bush sprouted from the ground, because God had not yet sent rain, nor was there man to cultivate the ground. So it's always a dual fold. God has to bring the rain, but man has to cultivate the ground. And that's why he put Adam in the Garden of Eden. And when he, Adam went into the Garden of Eden, he gave him a command to cultivate the ground. Now what if Adam, what if God would have come down in the cool of the day and seen Adam on his knees praying to God? You know, God. Cultivate the ground, help the ground to be cultivated. Plow this. Yeah. Look <laughs> it up. I'm waiting on you. And the Lord would have said, you're being disobedient. So, and, and it's interesting that when Adam was then cast out of the garden of Eden, it was the same command, now cultivate the ground. Except now the ground is going to be cultivated by the sweat of your brow. Now you get to sweat. Yeah. So it's very easy in Christian circles, especially charismatic circles, to say, well, I'm waiting on God. And really what it is, is the resistance that you're feeling, the sweat, I mean, you're, you have not been taught to get through that. You've not been taught to actually see God's redemption in your sweat. And so, we uh, it's a waiting, it's a cop-out. So it's always a both. I like how you've got a balance here, because it's a balance. And, and I see in the scriptures where it says, hearken unto the voice of the Lord, obey His ordinances and His commands, but listen to His voice. You know? You've You've got both. You So you're as you're following the commands of God, as you're walking in his principles and precepts, you're still following the voice of the Holy Spirit at the same time. So you always have that always have that ear to the
0: voice of the Holy Spirit while you're pushing forward. Oh. Sir.
5: Of the waiting for, waiting for the yeah, okay.
2: waiting for God to give what He said He would do. It's hope. So it says, "Hope out of the Lord" is what it should say. Hope for the Lord, be strong heart. Or more, more importantly, hope in the Lord. Anticipate what God has, looking forward for what God has said, not knowing necessarily that how He's going to do it, but that He. The same applies
8: spiritually. Um, and I can't remember what passage in the New Testament where he says, you know, spiritually speaking, you know, the farmer, he plows the ground and he does all of these things, and yet he does not bring the growth. God brings the growth. He's, he's got to wait. But when the harvest is there, put the sickle in your hand. And I think that that's, you know, spiritually and obviously physically.
2: Yeah right. He hopes he'll have
8: a good right. I think that's a Oh, absolutely. He's hoping the whole time. Was, I mean, I was hoping, but he's a, still a, working. Yeah, I think yeah.
2: that's a great example. for Wade. C-
5: Can we get that spelling one more time? H, uh, which is the E J. Tikva, T I K V A.
2: But the root is
5: kavah, which is ku. Uh, same cool. same root for metra kavah
9: right. which is immersion or baptism. So, uh, in fact, in in Jeremiah seventeen there's a, a, a famous passage there that says Adonai, the hope of Israel. And the word in the Hebrew there's actually Mikvah, Mikvah, Israel. What you say, Mikvah because a Mikvah is a baptism, it's an immersion pool. But the whole, it's the same concept. When you go into an immersion pool, you're expecting something, you're expecting God to do something. right? right. So it's, it's all connected. That's I was
4: good. just going to make a comment on uh, the passivity and the idea of waiting on God to um, do something.
5: You know, Because I often encounter that during my second year of Bible college, where I would go to a lot of my friends who had just finished four long years developing this ministry to use to get people um, to share the gospel. getting ready to graduate, you know, things have been looking really well. I've heard you preach it several times. So what exactly are you going to do? Well, Ryan, I don't know. I think I'm going to go back home, sit on a pew until God drops something in my lap. And it was something that I never understood because, you know, you read about when God uh, provided manna for the children of Israel and they had to go out and gather the manna. It just in their lap. But these are the men of leading the
4: churches today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, even before me. And it was that, was that made me question what direction are we going? Yeah. And, and that's what started the wake up call for me. Is that what you in the about? Yeah, man. So, Solomon, arguably. Sorry, we'll come back. The wisest man to ever
10: live. He wrote Proverbs, most of it. And over and over again, talking about this concept of not waiting. Like almost in every single proverb yeah. it's it has something about, you know, not waiting. Like in, in Proverbs sixteen, it says, A working man's outside actions behalf because his hunger presses him on. And Sleep, you will become
4: poor. Keep your eyes open, and you'll have plenty of food.
10: Amen. And there's those over and over and over again, all throughout the Proverbs. Yeah.
4: Just you continue to work, and God bless you. Amen. This song
0: doesn't get really good for us You go to
4: next to <laughs> it.
0: Keep going. Yeah. This says, Be still and know that I am God. I don't remember. I am you know, working on it. So Bailey, we're gonna come back to you. If you're gonna miss, miss right there. If you're gonna miss, the goal is not to miss. But if you're gonna miss, it's kind of like I know he's going to. But even if he doesn't, I know he's going to. But even if he doesn't, if you don't miss. But if you're gonna miss, right there. Always gonna miss. It amazes me. I'm, I relate everything back to the marketplace because that's just I'm a simple guy. That's just how I think. Yeah, man. I
9: was- you say, I tried this, 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 and this, and none of it worked, but I can work with that. Mm. I mean, I, I can I can say, okay, well, all you got to do is tweak this, all you got to do is tweak this. It's, it's the same thing I ran into in a lot of, like, if I had, uh, I went to school for engineering, and whenever you get to, like, a difficult problem you're working on, you have to say, you can't just say, I, I don't even know where to begin, you know, how do I start this? It's like, well, you have to try a couple solutions, and then once you've, exhausted those if nothing really works then you can say okay we well, got a good start here but you got stuck let's see if we can help you get unstuck mm-hmm. instead but at least you started at least you tried it a lot of you know people say that you know all these motivational quotes about success is you know 90 percent you know just getting started and you know the, the journey of a million miles begins you know it's just the first few steps yeah. and those other things. you've got to be active you know it's it's um one of the, you know, Stephen
2: Covey's Seven Habits of Society, Highly Successful People and proactivity, you know it, uh, you just get up and get moving yeah. just don't be like why continue,
0: continue <laughs> to refine you'll start over <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah boom, that's that good guy. stuff <laughs> so Bailey, if you're going to miss so close, man. miss on the work side you got that it amazes me when we see all these self help people, all these motivational guys, it amazes me how many people actually think they can build a sustainable, scalable, profitable business without working their face off. And it's just baffling to me, all that come stuff. On, come on. You know, yeah. Psalm 37 4, we all know it. Delight yourself on the board. Mm.
8: By by trusting in the Lord and doing good and cultivating the land, cultivating faithfulness, that is delighting in the Lord. And He'll grant you the desires of your heart. We all desire to... God um, brings success. um, If you plan your course, He brings success. I forgot that that proverb and I quote it all the time. But I've got a brain lock. But anyway, that's the key is that we have to dwell in the
0: land and cultivate faith. Excellent. Boom. Go take the land. Go take the land. Go take the land. Go take the land. I mean, when people me. I'm just like, what book are you guys reading? What book are you reading? Like, where did you, where'd you get that from? Where did you get on your knees all day? Where did you get that from? Joshua 18.3 So Joshua said to the Israelites, How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you? Next, next verse, Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Numbers 33.53 Take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given you the land to possess. But why can't you just teleport me there? Eh, no. Go take it, because when you're taking it, when you're fighting, we're being transformed into who we are. That it takes to actually inhabit the land. Yeah, man. Just to point out the Numbers thirteen verse Caleb, forty years. Later, Caleb. Yeah, Caleb. Forty
10: years later, he hadn't changed. Yeah. He, he he goes and Joshua says, okay, you know, where do you want to be? I'm like, oh, well, this place. This is a really nice place. There's all the giants in it. Mm. This is the place I want. And I'm going to take my household, (laughs) and we're going to go take that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever wants... You can marry my daughter if you go take out this guy. I mean, this guy was like... It's pretty cool. Remember what that place was? That
3: place was Hebron. Yeah, that's right. One of the most significant cities in the whole land. And the first capital of David, the king of Israel. So Hebron was very... It still is very
0: significant that was the place that Caleb sought out to take on the Giants. Mm -hmm.
2: He knew we had a
9: deed at that. That's
0: right. Just that, uh, I I mean, most of us
1: Well, that's a good example because um, that same passage he follows up by saying that we should um, give thanks to God when we've been given all these things. And I think about this, and Jacob, the patriarch, and Joseph both come to mind. And that, um, when people greet them and say, "You know, who are these children you have? Who are, what are all this wealth that you've accomplished?" They're so quick to say, "These are the gifts that God has given." You. Like they, they're hard workers. proactive, brilliant mind in the entire Bible. Jacob spends 14 years working for the right to marry his wife. Um, So they could have very easily said, oh, I worked really hard for this. But what they did realize is that God gives the increase. They put in the sweat and tears because that's what God expects. Because God's um, God's not going to just reward laziness. But at the same time, they realized that that reward, even though it was a reward, in a sense, for their efforts, it wasn't their doing. They still received it as a and I think that's something that's really important if we kind of strive and work, is to maintain the ability. And what a picture of our salvation. was our salvation? It's already been done for us. There's nothing that we can do. Yeshua's
8: already won our salvation for us by his blood. So, it's a great picture. The gift of God, that's important to note, especially when you go back to Numbers chapter 14, after God had already given them the promise and now go possess it. And then their window closed. And at the end of Numbers 14, they said, So it's the gift of God. I think yeah. it's important we stay tuned to the Holy Spirit. There are times when we take possession. There are other times where it's like, okay, Lord, I'm
0: waiting for you to give me the light. Yeah. Because, like, like we said, there's ditches on both sides, and if we miss on the, if you're gonna miss, miss on the work side. But we can see, um, the guy Tamar, to, to he took her, hated her after her. Who was that? <laughs>
5: Yeah yeah where he went and took her took her,
0: raped her and it's uh don't miss like that. Yeah yeah. Because there's that's that's a ditch. That would be a big ditch. was not No, 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 not at all. We talked about, I mean yeah, in the book of James there's this there's this there's
2: this conflict between there really yeah. isn't, but some people passage so, so, and, and knowing how they work together is very important and you talked about the Shema, the Shema at the end of the Shema uh, in, the, in the passage that follows in Deuteronomy 6 24 it says and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he may preserve us alive as it is this day that's the gift of God he kept us alive we do these things he keeps us alive and then he says and then and it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to, to do all this commandment for the Lord our God as he has commanded us so it's like this, is, this includes the both, book, book, as Joshua talks about. The gift of God is that he gave us He gave us commandments to preserve us. Mm-hmm. And we, we see righteousness because we keep the commandments that he gave us. So in, 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 the, same, in the same breath, we have both the provision and the, uh, the standard by which God judges us is one and the same. So he preserves us, and he gives
6: righteousness on the basis of it. Boom. So would you be talking about keeping the commandments, keeping them perfectly? Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you keep the commandments perfectly
5: if you sin? Absolutely. Yes. Because the the commandment gives you the answer for what to do when you sin. Because it has nothing to do with eternal salvation. It has everything to do with how he wants us to act. Only after and beyond that, it's also
3: uh, an expression of our love. Because said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. I
0: call you friends if you keep my commandments. He says, I do
3: all things the Father commands me to do so that the world will know that I am a religious rabbi. No. So the world will
5: So, first comes the salvation, and then comes, how should we then live? We should live. But on, the flip side, but on the flip side, those who would say, well, I can't do anything right, therefore I shouldn't try. I can't be perfect, I shouldn't
2: attempt. And The reason why is, because, and, and in that, they're actually identifying with the enemies of God, because in the same passage John chapter 13, he says, if you don't. You know, if you don't keep my commandments, you don't love me. And he says the same thing in First John. The correlation goes together. And this, the, but the idea is that it's not that we earn God's love by obeying Him. It's that we love Him, obey Him. He, in the very, in the very gift that He gives us in His commandments, He provides a standard that is that He measures us against. Which is, I mean, it's a profound thing. It's both a gift and it's also our.
3: But not only the standard, there's the provision of the Helper. Sure. The Helper, he's sending us the Holy Spirit because he knows that though we love him, in and of ourselves we cannot live according to the commandment, so we have the Helper. So we don't take credit and can't claim credit for anything because our ability to keep the commandment as a expression of love is still attributed to the Holy Spirit who he sent to help us.
2: Precisely. So it's both the gift. And it's the standard. It's but, but they go together and that's the problem is people treat it as a gift. They don't feel any obligation to, then
0: to meet and perform that gift. We need to see so that. If I,
6: if I break a commandment, if I break the commandment, I don't love God, right? No. That's not true. Okay. Everyone, if I break everyone, the commandment everyone can has, I love
5: God. Everyone has fallen
1: short. Can I
6: be
5: blameless? I break absolutely. the commandment.
1: How,
6: absolutely. How? Because
5: we know that Zacharias and Elizabeth were called blameless according exactly. to God. So is, So Exactly. Oh, and so was Paul. Follow it through. So then I can
6: be the righteousness of God and still violate a commandment if I offer up the proper sacrifice, which is obeying the commandments. Is that correct?
0: Only, I mean, when only, you break a commandment, only, what
6: are we called to do? Only in faith. I understand well, what I'm asking you, you, see, because this is what it confuses a lot of people, in particular if you read the King James, that if you sin, you don't love God. That is not true. You, if you continue in sin, you don't it, love God. It, exactly. Because it's a exactly. an And you're going to continue and you're going to justify sense. that thing, then the you don't. Sense. But so many folks have been afraid and scared to death. The Bible that I broke it and therefore I can't. I don't really love God and I'm not a Christian. And they go through. I, I agree,
2: but I would, I would, I would offer to you that these days there's far more people that are not afraid at all. Yeah, I would so, say that's I walk say the that's aisle. A, race a I raise my hand. Small minority, so minority right now. Oh, okay. I yeah. make yeah. some mistakes here. Yeah, and well, well, here's the, the command. You Here's the command. You're
3: always forgiving. Right. right. The command is this: if we confess sins. He's faithful to the so that's passage. the commandment. That's right. He said it to believers. That's right. Exactly. That's an unbeliever. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so there's that provision for sin, and that's part of the commandment, fulfilling the Absolutely. repentance,
5: true so making confession, and bringing now, forth
3: fruit. You know, David's repentance. a great example. David's
5: I mean, a blameless a, man. Here's a here's a guy blameless and with yeah. a heart after God. He's an adulterer. He's a murderer. I mean, he's just he can't be one of my sons. Go
0: for you. Man, I love you guys alright next we're just going to skip this one it's pretty self explanatory miss over here don't miss over there always choose the experience you don't need a new pair of jeans that bad let's go to the next one ooh I like that
1: I like that
0: I should stay on that one just for you This is just better. This is just better. Alright, so I need somebody to find these two. Proverbs 14.3 and Proverbs 10.19. Okay, well, I'm a young man. I'm seeking mentorship. I'm seeking you know, righteousness. I'm seeking the Lord. I can't figure out this whole thing by my own. When I get around righteous men, when I get around wise men, what do I do? Do I try to impress or do I try to be impressive? I've learned to just shut up. That's that's what I'm good at. Now, well, uh, no, I needed to get Go good at that.
2: <laughs>
0: Two ears, one mouth, right here. So
2: <laughs>
0: I'm trying to trying to work. The, one of the best things, and and I, I think David thought I was mute for a while when I first met him. But um, all the time, I'm just I'm just sponging. You know, I'm like, hey, hey, David, I'm a little worried that our, our relationship's a little consumer-producer. You're producing all the time, and I'm just consuming all the time. Because um, even a fool's thought wise when he keeps his mouth shut, and I think that's one of our proverbs. Wait, what's up?
1: by asking a question. He actually answers by asking questions. But I think that as you mentioned like wisdom, seeking wisdom, um, a big part of that is is asking the right questions. You want to get to know your wife better? Ask her questions. You know, I found that conversation is um, really easy to generate when you ask questions. So it's not you talking all the time. Um, It's you listening a lot. But it's me, it's active listening. It's not just sitting back and being passive and I'm going to sit here and you just preach to me. Mm. It's how can I engage this You know, when I've gone out to some of these men to ask
0: their advice, I bring a notebook with me. Because it's not enough just to listen. It's about about active listening. Amen. And the... So even fools are thought wise when they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. I don't know how many times I've just started talking and I didn't realize how wise everyone else around me was. And I was like, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know much about that actually. All the time. Happens so many times, especially with me. So Proverbs fourteen, who's got it? Go ahead. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve him. Mm. Next. When words are many transgression is not lacking a roof Boom. So the the main thing right here is if I'm getting around Mr. Upham, I'm not just, just gonna be consuming. We're gonna be actively listening. If I'm getting around David, I'm getting around Flip, I'm getting around Joseph, I'm getting around all these wise men in the room. It's not just right here, I'm it's listening out of a out of a choice of faith. It's listening out of a choice of honor, out of a choice of obedience. It's not a passive type listening, hey I can't contribute this conversation. It's like, I've got some humility, you've got some wisdom, let's talk, which involves me listening and you talking. So it's listen, but listen with confidence. A lot of us, I, when I, I see it so much, I, I'll listen, but it's not like with confidence. Like all right, like, all right, what do you want to tell me? Like, what do you want to tell me? But it's like, no, like, I, am, I have chosen to be here with my time, you've chosen to be here with your time. I want to listen to you and honor you, but I want to listen confidently because uh, I've made a choice out of faith that I know God has brought wise men into my life. Not out of a choice. So I'm going to try to talk to you. I remember when I met Casey at one time, and I tried to talk to him about business for about five seconds. This guy named Casey Crawford. Um, and I, was, I just realized I just need to shut up. I just probably need to talk about jujitsu or something that we had in common because I did not need to be talking to this guy about business because was, I was, what, three years ago and I was a youth minister with hair down to here. I didn't have a clue. But if I just started listening, it would have been a lot better. But it's listen and listen confidently. Knowing you're wise. Knowing you're wise. Knowing you've got experiences I don't have. Knowing you've been places I haven't been. Knowing you've done things I haven't done. All right, now let's talk like that. So it's listen, but listen confidently. Next one. Yes, sir.
5: in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Mm. And uh, i got to tell you the, the men that last here, the men that Sense and hear the truth. But I gotta tell you, as a, as, a, as a man of God desiring to teach my family, to raise them up in God that is able to stand alone in a crooked and perverse generation, there's nothing stronger. Than having young men around that are willing to stand up and say, I don't get it, tell me more that's not what I was taught tell me why it's wrong that kind of engaging can be done with honor and respect and it lifts up everybody else in the room, and we all learn from it. that's why you're up here right now instead of him or him or some of these other wise men you're up there not because you're the brightest bulb in the room preach it you're acting like that. you're up there to encourage every other young man here that you recognize you haven't arrived yet, and you're standing with other men that recognize they haven't arrived yet. But we're all going to fight the good faith. We're all going to learn, and it doesn't happen by sitting our butts in the chair and keeping our mouths shut.
0: Good okay, next okay, And then keep going. Real quick. I mean, Sir. This is not out of Bible. Is it God's?
7: It's the Dalai Lama. <laughs>
0: it's the Dalai Lama.
9: I don't know to talk
8: about that. Silence is golden, but sometimes it's just plain yellow. There are times mm. that are done.
0: Was good. Yeah. yeah. Golding, sometimes, sometimes it's yellow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I may have to change my opinion on this one. Um, but I would still hold to the fact a little bit when you're coming up, Bailey, as a thirteen-year-old man. Air or miss to the side of listening confidently too much versus talking too much. Go ahead.
5: look you dead in the eye and ask you a question. You're ready with the answer. And I like it. Hmm. Even if I disagree with you. Which <laughs> I did last time. It was good. Yeah. This zoom in thing is pretty good. Cool. Like you that. like it? Yeah. Right, right. I'm not even a tech guy. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Proverbs three thirty four 34 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I feel like when you're listening confidently, you're coming from a place of humility, and God instead of from a place of selfishness or a place of trying to impress or a place of arrogance or a place of I think I know it all from the talking side, I feel like when you're listening, you're coming from a place of humility. When you've got a place of humility, God's got a man he can use. Now I can use you. And I'm going to read this passage next and. Yes, sir. Sort of like a story there. ties in with the last point as well. Um, I've been in situations before where I
7: have overstepped that line right there. Oh, and amen. I'll be like around other developers or other IT people. And there's something that they just happen to hit a topic that I'm passionate about. And I start talking. And then I realize everyone else in
8: the room knows more about that than I do. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I go from feeling all cool to
7: totally stupid. And I just wish so badly I could rewind 30 seconds and take back everything I said
0: but God is a redeeming God, <laughs> and He gives us more opportunities. Amen. Amen. I I have made that mistake. Sometimes, still do. Too happy with ourselves. Yeah. He's got a unique way. Speaking of that. There's this one passage in Luke.
5: Wow, what a
0: segue. <laughs> Man! <laughs> and if, I don't know if there's ever been a more practical advice. I don't even know if we need to go drosh right here. I mean, I think we can take it at its surface, and it's on. Luke 14, chapter 7, chapter 14, verses 7 through 11 when he noticed how the guests picked, up, picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a, place for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this man your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend... Move up to a better seat. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted, coming from the man who always deserved the head of the table and who will always sit at the head of the table. Next one. Amen.
7: rabbi has such an interesting approach to that because he he would even see somebody wicked and he would say, well, their sin is unintentional and mine is intentional just to keep himself even lower. Mm -hmm. And It's just, it's neat to have that that mindset, you know, um, not of defeat, but of humility.
0: Amen. That's good. That's real good. I can't
8: remember which Caesar it was. Keep going.
0: you're just a man. Um, yeah, Marcus Aurelius said, you're just a man. You're just a man. You're just a man. You're just a man. I just conquered another country. you <laughs> <laughs> just a man, too.
10: <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) I feel like our world has a bit of a confusion. The slide right here says there's a balance between nice guy and jerk. I feel like our world has such a confusion that if we want to be successful, if we want to be hip, if we want to be cool, if we want to be someone who's respected, that we need to go and be this jerk. That we need to make people mad, that we need to treat people like dogs under us, that we need to do a lot of things that would correlate with this, you know, word right here. But I would argue to say that the nice guy does always win. Always. Always. Go ahead.
9: I, would say, um, I
0: wouldn't say that, you know, you should balance yourself between being a nice guy and a jerk. You should balance <laughs> yeah. yourself between being humble and authoritative. Amen. That's good. That's my brother. <laughs> Just, saying. <laughs> Just saying. So I would say that in the in the midst of... Yeah, go ahead, Johnny. May.
9: Mm. Uh, because sometimes, you know, you have you have to get something done. And then, uh, by that same token, there are people who don't always want to do their assigned tasks. Mm. And, you know, if it gets to the point where you have to say, okay, if you won't do this, I'll find somebody who will. Okay, it sounds like a jerk, but, you know, you shouldn't have to go that far. So...
4: a lot of it's just tact. Mm. It's tact. Yeah. So choosing your words. They were not drunk first. What's that? <laughs> they were not drunk first. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, coming from, I think part of it also is
9: my experience as a, as a guitar instructor. I would honestly have to say that 85% of giving a lesson is more figuring out how the other person learns and only about 15% actual knowledge about the guitar. So, I mean, part of it is it's more psychology than anything. You're just like, okay, well, this guy's more of a visual learning, this person's more of a hands-on, okay, this person figures it out well by themselves, you know, so, I, I think just constantly, I think an awareness of the people with whom you're interacting is a big contributor to striking that, that balance. Mm. Just, a, a, just an awareness, you know, and, and that comes from familiarity and um, for time, you know, just like the men in this room, I, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've kind of figured out. Okay, well, I wouldn't tell someone this the same th- the same way to every single person, but you know,
0: um, may- maybe I'm over overthinking it. But you know, I, I, I no, no, you're good. I'm constantly looking for a good balance, and,
9: and it's not always easy. It's definitely not always easy. Flip and Joseph. I don't believe that that magic to nice.
6: It's not there in the Bible. It's not found in the Bible. He was never called nice anywhere in the Bible. Neither were any of the of the prophets. They were probably mostly called the jerks. They were probably more of oh. Yeah. And, yeah. You, know, you, you got one prophet run around naked for three years, and you're trying to figure out what in the world is this guy doing? a jerk. Whoever. Yeah. <laughs> What's happened to us in the church is that we're trying to be nicer than Jesus ever was we're trying to be a nice guy when Jesus was a just guy we're trying to be fair when Jesus was just and there's a huge difference between fairness and justice I think that sometimes you know as we're, we try we try to fit the Jesus of the Bible, Into our paradigm of what, how to be a nice person, how to positively present Christianity, so it's not offensive to anyone. Hmm. It's a
9: nail in the head, right there. Yes.
5: men in this room that should be leading, because they know the way. And sometimes that can come off as callous. But if we have generated that type of reputation, shame on us. Mm. We should be known as holy men, uncompromising, taking the high road at all times, deferring always to others never being caught in a compromising situation, always watching our speech. I used to worry about that dichotomy. Because I can be extraordinarily forceful, authoritative, jerkish. But you know, when it comes to righteousness, somebody's got to take a stand. And there are weak, Families in this country right now mm-hmm. because there are weak men. Mm-hmm. And the only way those men are going to learn to be stronger is when they stand next to stronger men who are willing to stand for righteousness and do what it takes to call sin just that. But wouldn't you agree that... Uh, Absolutely, and that's the one and of the things that concerns me is rude, with the, with the conversation is that somehow
2: if I'm rude, it's okay. And I, I don't agree with that. But I think that I think that we would we would never find righteous men being rude. Well, the judge rude. Sta- the judge stands up, the judge stands up, and decides what's right and wrong according to the standard. It is the standard that condemns people. And they may not like what they hear. And they may not like what they hear, but if everybody, if the, if the judge is unbiased, as James talks about, is unbiased, then they, then they know that well. It's not because of that person that's that's right. being the judge. It's because the standard. The standard is what's condemning me, not the judge. So I think that the way that we, could, the way that we speak the truth must be. Uh, it doesn't have to be cowardly, and it, it can be bold, but it must be.
5: It shouldn't be rude. Exactly, and I would follow up on that to say that the reason why oftentimes all things being equal and assuming that we're not being which is difficult especially for for the New Yorkers it's not as bad for you but the reason why it's difficult is because the church has part and parcel pretty much thrown out that standard so if you step up and hold to that standard, and say, I'm sorry, homosexuality is an abomination to God. This is the one who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it was an abomination then, it's an abomination now. And I don't care if you want to get married. Go get married! It's still an abomination to God. And you can say that as politely as you like. But because you're holding to a standard that God okay. has put. Then it's the standard. It's the standard that, it's it's a perceived standard perceived that they time. should. But he's yeah. going to be called the yeah. jerk
2: for saying then that. No, exactly. I don't understand yeah. Yeah. That but that's There, there is a the difference. difference. And this this goes back to actually the previous slide. If we have the attitude that I will sit at the, at the, of the table, instead of walking in and standing at the head of the table and mm-hmm. telling everybody what I think, mm-hmm. then you're never going to be seen as the jerk what, you, what God Nobody's allowed to say it unless he's going to be called a church. Well, I think mean, that look at what Paul did in, 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 when, when he was when he was no. Paul was struck was when Paul was 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 uh, uh, was uh, was being flogged or being about to be flogged, beaten in the presence of the high priest. You know, and he's speaking out, and immediately when he discovers the high priest, he steps back so he backs off. Why? You know, it's like, did he get a right? He certainly had a right. Who's this high priest guy? Right? But no, he doesn't. Because that's an affront to the office. And that's exactly the way it is. We need to treat every person out there, regardless of their sinful state or not,
8: as if they are the creation of the Almighty God. So when Jesus says to the Syrophoenician woman, it is not good to give bread to the
2: dogs, I'm here. That was pretty rude, was it? Not? Actually, it wasn't.
8: I think it was.
2: It, it was only rude because you're things. one of the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, probably, that's
8: what I'm saying. So no, it, 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 within that, within that culture, that was absolutely an appropriate thing And to say. within our culture, speaking the truth and speaking it as he just said it, that homosexuality is an abomination before God is not rude. I think we have got to be real careful. No, I think it is rude. Eating pork is also called an abomination. Right, but 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 I think we have to be really so careful. Where are you going with that? Well, I'm just saying. Where are you going um, with that? It's it, it's
9: the same. It's the same. Standard. Described and given the same uh, okay. standard or lack thereof in the Word of God. Okay. Right. So if we're going to stand up and say homosexuality, homosexuality so is an
8: abomination, let's right. all Absolutely. let's let's talk about everything that's law and law. Right. Because we can't pick and choose. We made so them. we have to call
2: everything that God wow. calls an abomination. We should we we be even so talking about law. I think,
3: I think there were, here's one of my favorite passages in Scripture. You know it. It's so in Micah 6.8. Mm. And I think that's, you know, Jesus was an extremist. Okay? Extreme love, extreme hate. Listen, we're to, we're to do, we're, we're to love what God loves,
6: I hate, what, hate, hate what God
3: hates, and speak what God speaks. And this is the key. And I think this is where we've gone in this earlier. He has told you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, you are talking about the judge earlier, to do justice and to love mercy to extremes, and to walk humbly, and not just walk humbly, walk humbly with your God. So there's the standard. It's not just vain humility. It's not just trying to be a nice guy, You're trying to be nicer than Jesus. There's a standard, walking humbly with God. There's a standard. And that's the humility that allows us to walk in both extremes without Jeremy, being a jerk. Jeremiah the
2: prophet is a perfect example of that. We call him the weeping prophet for a reason. But when you read what Jeremiah is, Jeremiah's words are strong words. And yet Jeremiah, and he's opposed, he's, 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 he's thrown in a pit. And yet Jeremiah is, is simply giving God's standard. But he's doing it in such a way that the people that are watching this happen Identify with Jeremiah and go. This guy is like he's such a sad guy. You know, he's not like the, you know the, the you know the the raging prophet that we oftentimes it see. It was the, the other one. was the, he other wasn't the jerk. He wasn't the jerk. He was actually, he was actually the the man who would have taken the seat at the foot
8: of the table. It was Elijah that was the jerk and the killer. Or was he the trouble?
6: You <laughs> of okay, we We've moments. got the weeping prophet, and we've got Elijah. But I think that I, one, one element
1: that I would just say is um, cause I've tried to deal with this issue. Because there's a lot of problems when you're trying to figure out how, how do you balance this, when you speak, when do you not speak, how do you say, when do you not say. Um, and I feel like it's one of the things that's really important is earning, either earning or being given the right to speak, and that doesn't always necessarily mean that you sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Um, in your day-to-day life. If someone is lying and you choose to be be just, if you are working harder than everybody else at your job, people are going to start asking you questions. If you don't eat the pork sandwich and somebody else is asking you why, you just got an insight to say, well, this is why. This is what I believe. This is what God has said. This is the standard. Once you get that, once you get that reputation, or even, even in that moment, you have earned the right to ask, to talk. If you're a leader and in charge, you have earned the right to speak automatically because you're in charge. And as the leader, if you're a hard worker, if you're holding yourself to the same standard, again, you maintain that right to speak. And you talk about being a manager and trying to balance this. I've had managers that I've considered to be tough managers, but they took an interest in me. They didn't dismiss me as a person, and they worked a whole lot harder than I did. So I can deal with the fact that maybe they act like jerks sometimes because I know that they're not doing that because they're just nasty people. It's because something has to be done. And so I think that that's the key, is that sometimes the problem is, people like to think that if you're persecuted, that's a good thing. So if you act bad enough to get people to hate you, then you're doing okay. Yes. You're persecuted more, therefore you're doing better. But that's not that's, always true. The key is, you've got to make sure that the life you're living and the way that you're doing right. it has given Absolutely. you the right to speak. And if it hasn't, then you are actually doing more damage by speaking. Beat be people up on the street corner, telling them they're sinners. How do you know that, how when you know you, what how Who are you to say somebody can, standing on a street corner,
8: saying that, that sin is sin, and if you die in your sin, you're going to hell? Come to Christ and sharing a testimony. Who are you to judge him?
2: Actually, I'm not judging. I'm not judging him. And actually, the things that that person does actually may be used powerfully by God. So then, how did you just make? Because yeah. I don't I don't make the I don't make the determination of how something goes, the outcome. But you, and just, right. said, that you just, just said, because it's just, you just said,
8: you just said, we all heard it. Am I? I said, it's I not the way to do it. Okay, thank you. There was
2: a judgment. Why? Yeah. I don't do believe say? it's the way to do it because, as Joshua, it. Joshua said, In earning the right to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's we're, get, well, 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 we're talking about pain. You gave your opinion. We want to talk about well, the what I'm saying here. Okay, but then you need to show me the Word of God where it says that is the way to do it. Well, I think faith just comes by hearing, and hearing by about the word of God. God. So, so wherever is you're current?
8: preaching, who, who yeah, where you're preaching? preaching, preaching. What? Well, what about Romans ten about
2: preaching by what we, we
8: preach? by what we do? Absolutely, well. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. But I think that, I, mean, I think it's both. And well, I mean, you okay. can't stand there and preach, thump someone over the head with a Bible, I, I, and be just an absolute. Well, that's what I just said. Is, right? Right? that's, that's right? what I just said. That's
2: what I was talking about. But you can't stand on the street corner and preach. no. What I was Listen. talking about was what you were just saying. You said, thump somebody over the Bible. What is that? Tell me what that is. Oh, that's, not that's being a hypocrite. Well, thumping thumping, that's, what I, that's, that's what I'm describing. I don't know. To me,
8: you were describing, this is what I took it as. The man standing on the street corner and preaching repentance. I didn't. He should not that. be doing that. I did not say that. That is not bad at all. Okay, well, that's a different <laughs> thing. You so so you're cool friend, with the, the guy standing stand. at the Panther Stadium and preaching if you do not know Jesus Christ, you are going to hell. He should preach what he preached. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand.
2: I've got no problem with that at all. That's okay, great. good. Then we're all thumbs up on that. That's great. Got that was was really describing careful. something different. Where you said you're, you really you careful saying, you're a sinner and you're going to go to hell unless. That is not the
6: way Well, what you Well, the know? way you started is you said that people that do this and preach out there, not saying anything or qualifying what was being said. You said that's not the way to do it. That's the way you said it. It, it is the way I said it. I, okay, not, and, not, and, I'm, I'm and so there was a disagreement here, and now you're, you're backing up, and I think that's really good because God wants us all to back up and say that we should not be ashamed of this word and that we're called to proclaim this kingdom and advance it, and we may be hated for it. It's Let me okay. give you an example. that We get, we have this perfect example of Paul, the boldest of them.
2: Paul's example, all the way through the New Testament, actually is the converse to what you're describing. Converse or contrast? The, the, com- the opposite. Okay. He actually does the opposite. When he's at Mars Hill, what does he do? He appeals to the people. He appeals to the people. And while there are those who are to listen, he, he teaches the truth. When they walk away, some remain, and he continues to teach the truth. When he goes to any city, he goes to the synagogue. He teaches the truth. Mm-hmm. People don't like what he say. He teaches the truth. But he, he never goes where he's not wanted. I beg your pardon. He
1: gets run
6: out of town and more than that, He yeah. runs out of yeah.
1: town. He Wait. Wait. When he's given, My point, my reason why I said earlier is he's given, I like Paul as an example because he's given the right to speak over and over and over again. He speaks to people who disagree with him, but why are they there? They're there because they disagree they want to with him. He's standing up speaking the truth in the synagogues where people were already on So in Acts church. 5.29 they say, do not speak anymore. But where do they, they go? He goes right back wait, wait, to where the streets. No, 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 no They will go back to the streets. He goes back to the temple, which right is the perfect right place where, where, the where they told him, yeah. don't be. But see, the difference, though, is those people weren't the ones listening. I guess the reason I have a... I'm hesitant with the people on the street corner. Let's, let's leave it that. The reason why... But that's just your personality. My, person, well, my personality is true, but my reason, based on the Bible, is I feel like the predominant example were people sent... We're at least asking the question. When you stand in the street corner, it's like a shotgun approach, and you're really not hitting anybody, and there's no follow up. How do you that? can use, God can use a bulletin sure bullet. board. You know this that? just
0: says God. Just so. It, like, so, so, Bailey. Okay. <laughs> <when you put laughs> the um,
5: I think.
8: I
0: was listening to his spirit anyway, okay. well we put chase to sleep, so um, I think one of the coolest moments I've ever had here was when Mr. Upham was talking about, okay, why disagree with this, and I disagree with that, and you disagree with this, and we disagree with that, but we can all we all want to bring the kingdom of Yeshua, we all want to raise great families all the core stuff's there, and it was really cool. he was like. He was like, "Well, just because, okay, well you think Melchizedek is Jesus, I don't church split bozo, like no, we, we still pray together, we're still gonna talk after everything. we're still seeking the kingdom, so I think that's really i'm I'm just loving it over here, so you guys you guys keep going I'm loving it. I mean, this is good, um, so let's go to the next one all right, quick' because we got some good stuff after this not not that good, but."
3: John the Baptist is calling them names Buddha vipers and snakes and other things. Okay, uh, that, that's not really because he earned the right to speak. But he wasn't out of order. So there are some times where we'll refrain from speaking publicly and proclaiming the truth because we have the false notion. Well, these people that are walking by, they haven't really given me permission to speak, therefore I'm not going to speak. And so I think we've got to
8: operate in both extremes just as just they were against his authority. authority, and that's one of the things you listen for as a street preacher. What kind of authority does he carry? It's always a kind of authority. It better be. It, it should be
0: always be. I'm just happy there's not a church split bozo coming after this. This is good. That's one of the things um, that we have learned in the study class, because in this study class, we have seen many, many times that we don't agree. It's Amen. A,
5: Those we don't agree with.
0: Amen. Yeah. Bottom line yeah, yeah. Is we agree is such. Amen. Yay and amen. Okay. Um, this is what I wanted to end on because it's probably the most important thing that I think, and especially in, in where I'm at right now, is relationships. That's where I was going with the whole nice guy jerk thing. I was just like, I think you should always be a nice guy rather than being a jerk to the girl, personally. But I, you guys took it another way. <laughs> So uh yeah, it was good. I like I like this. So this right here is is we've got we've got two extremes. We've got over here we've got charm, which is self, selfishness, and we've got awkwardness, which is a position of faith. Charm if I'm pursuing someone, if I think they're beautiful, I want to court them, if I'm interested in them, I would much rather miss over here than to miss over here, because if I miss charm, then I got real dressed up, I made sure I was well spoken, looked them in the eye, those aren't bad things, but then I started working the room, started, everybody, all oh, you guys are studs in here, I mean, it's not hard for anybody in here to go work a room somewhere, it's not hard for anybody in here to impress people when you walk into a door, not at all, so when, when we're walking here, if we take that position of charm, we're going in, oh, we're like a politician meeting people, we're doing the whole Latino kiss on the cheek thing. It Looks real smooth, real James Bond like this. Looks everything's great, right? Um, I'm still trying to get used to that. I was, it spent like a month in Mexico, and man, it caught me off guard. I was oh, okay. It's, I just met you. Yeah. It's cool though. You know, it's their stuff. Um, it's funny hearing Jacob talking about moving to Lima. It's one of our Indian friends moved to Lima, and it's like, woo, you know. Um, so it's really, really cool. Um, so, but doing the whole charm thing, we're essentially acting like we need us to make an impression. Like we need ourselves to be impressed. We need, I don't trust the fact that, that we want to get to know each other's character. I want to trust the fact that, oh, well, I just got dressed up. Oh, I can carry on a nice conversation. Oh, I, 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 I. And we miss over here, and we, we start acting in charm. But there's a lot of death and danger, and evil that can come out of that. I know it because I was very secular before I came to know the Lord. Not in the sense of... It was not even lukewarm. It was completely off the wall. And there's death that can come from this side. But when we meet someone... All you guys are married, so a lot of you guys are, so you just hear my heart on this. When we meet someone... Always, always, always miss right here. A hundred out of a hundred out of a hundred percent of the time. Do I hug? Do I shake hands? You shake hands every single time. We just met. Do I start talking about, do I start getting real deep? Do I take this conversation in, in a place where I know, oh man, they're just eating out of your hand. They're just, oh, they're just loving it. All this, no. You control your flesh right there and you take that conversation to a place where you're friends you're bringing everybody's around you. Oh, we, we, we just got stuck in a hallway beside you? Good, because I left something in there, so that's where we're going now too. Every single time, you never, ever miss on the side of charm. Because that just leads to death, it leads to scars, it leads to sin. But over here, when you're throwing the fade route, and you miss high, and you throw it out of bounds every single time, there was no interception thrown you got to live to play another down, and there was nobody that was hurt over here. Zero time. So always, go ahead. Charm always reminds me of like Proverbs 5 the adulterous woman. Mm. It's like the smooth talk, and just like, like oil. And yep. Yeah. And
7: it just is It's seductive, it's persuasive. Yeah. And like you said,
0: the it always it's an arrow in the kidney. Mm. And funny. her ways lead down to death. Amen. Verse
10: thirty-one:
0: Charm mm. can lie, beauty can
10: vanish. It's not about a woman, but still.
0: Yeah. The God very good. There's a great lesson for us here, but I, yeah, I didn't even know there was a twist side to it. Yeah, totally. They can miss on that side too.
1: sounds and feels really good, but there really isn't anything to it. And the scriptures over and over again warn against flattery. And how it's easy it is to basically talk someone up, butter, glitter, no, butter them up. We use the same phrase in English. You know, make people like you by the words that you use. But a righteous man's speech is like salt. A righteous man's speech preserves. It, it brings light. It brings healing. Um, it, it, it is, um, I guess, more intentional. And, and like you said, I think it's more focused on the person you're talking to. Yeah. So,
2: Joshua, when was
0: your first kiss? It's my wife? On their wedding day. <laughs> That's
4: awesome. And we all saw it. So, charm on
0: this side? It was awkward. <laughs> Super awkward. Super
4: awkward. Super awkward.
5: to take the elevator down and the elevator opens up and there's a woman inside, you should not get in the elevator. If there's only just one woman in the elevator, you should not get in. If you're standing waiting for the elevator, it's you and a woman waiting for the elevator and the door opens up and there's no one in the elevator, you should not get in the elevator. And i got to tell you, a good 40% of the men in this room then thought that I was an idiot. Now it is, just way over It's not in the Bible. Oh my goodness. You know, that kind of deal. And over time, we've recognized that avoiding that temptation, being the different guys, is the first moment that we have to begin sharing our testimony. I'm different, not because I'm special, but because the Creator of the universe lives in me and made me special and demands that I live to a higher calling. I think that's important. Uh, the second thing just went completely out of my head but it was really really good and I'll share it with you some other things. <laughs> <laughs> well on the first
3: avoiding the very appearance of evil that's exactly. the second. Yeah.
5: Exactly.
4: Of of it. Go ahead.
10: To, to tell what Joseph just said just about being different. I work um, in a place where there's a multicultural team of people that are from all
7: over the world from India, from Europe, from here um, from Canada like everywhere. So everyone's different. different. From Florida. <laughs> <to> Canada, <laughs> you know, foreign Florida. State
0: <laughs> but, uh, so far south and I am south. So.
7: Yeah, right, right. That's true. But um
10: so all these people are different. So naturally there's a lot of like questions, you know, that fly between, you know, like well, what is your culture do? What is my culture do? What is it? usually people who aren't asked questions are the Americans. Like the few Americans that I work with usually you know we're the ones asking questions. And um, but to, to see what he was saying, what he was saying was I wanna live my life in a different way that ask me questions, and it's the same thing with my Indian friends, they see me not eating, eating pork, which is, they do that anyway, and they're like, well, why aren't you eating pork? Tell me about that. And, not, and it's just the same thing we've been saying all night. You want to live in a way that is different, not because you're special because I'm not, because I'm following God and other people can see it. Even people who are as different as you know, they're as different as anything I've seen before, even those people can, can look at, at what I'm doing God and say, well, he's doing something different that these other Americans aren't doing. What is it?
7: Tell me about that.
0: Amen. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, to your point, awkwardness can also sort of create an opportunity or a floor to even
7: speak about your faith and about your beliefs, because the the difference, like you were saying, am I going to hug, am I going to shake hands? perfect opportunity to extend your hand and if there's some awkwardness to just lay it out there and be like, actually, I, I feel um, uncomfortable hugging somebody that isn't my wife of the opposite sex. You know, and like, having the opportunity to actually say why you're doing the things you do. And then that awkwardness kind of fizzles away and, th- and people go, okay, why well I you respect that then? Because mm-hmm. you have a belief and you're acting upon it. As opposed to just
0: like this, uh, oh, what's that up there? You know, just being like, Really? Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, like <laughs> 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 Amen. Amen. Yay <laughs> and amen. <laughs> yeah, Johnny I, May. Uh, I was thinking about something Greg said earlier about uh, walking
9: the walk with the equating homosexuality and, and, and the word abomination and how God uses that. Um I've seen some 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 places where uh, sexual camp will actually point to the Christians who are condemning them for their lifestyle and say, well, you eat pork, you eat shellfish, you, you do all these things that God says not to do, and how, so what gives you the room to say that what I'm doing wrong? So by holding ourselves to the higher standard, suddenly we haven't given up you know, what looks to be some sort of like, you know, some c- ceremony or, or, or dismissive thing. We have just chosen to not give up the moral high ground and, and we therefore are putting God's word into action and saying, and, and we, we, we've earned the right to speak so to speak. Um, and so it just, it gives more credence to our testimony and, and, and ultimately more glory to
0: God. So perfect. That's boom So right here, if we're trying to be men, that got, can I get 10 minutes maybe? A little bit. All right, seven. If we're trying to be men that God can use, over here we're engaging in selfishness and arrogance and cockiness and a lot of, we're trying to build ourselves up right here and it's all about us. I really need to be impressive and I really need to impress someone right here because God's not big enough. Right here. If I honestly, I think I really need to have a alone time with you so I can talk and get to know you. So then I can make an educated decision, because God's not big enough to work those things to work those things out. That's right here. Every single. Go ahead. just want to say from that point, I'm um, uh, married
1: to a woman with whom we uh, I got to know her best by walking her to her car after we got done with Hebrew class with other people. It just happened that God worked out opportunities to get to know
0: her. After how many years?
1: I I knew her for a long
0: time. Exactly. Yeah. I Didn't get to know her during that stretch. Yeah. Amen. And everything over here is on yourself. Can can God use your arrogant self? Maybe, but the story would have been a lot better over here. So over here we've got a man that God can use. Over here we've got a man, God, I really do want to hug, but I'm gonna do the handshake thing because like, you know, I don't I don't want to miss. I'm gonna do the handshake thing because I believe you're big enough to work through that. I believe your timing is perfect. Now I'm making a decision based on faith versus based on fear of the world, fear somebody won't like me, fear over here, selfishness, arrogance, false humility. Faith versus blood. Boom. So we're going to... We, I think we got to go. What you got? A good analogy of that was Moses. He wasn't very eloquent. Hmm. But God used him Amen. man. Yep. So I would say... <laughs> Always... <laughs> always, always miss right here. And I, I'll i end with this quick story.
4: Because I have
0: very little charm to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're Mr. Upham. I'm not sure if you guys are human, man. The wisdom's just like up here. Yeah, yeah, you guys are. Um, I would say, man, a hundred out of a hundred out of a hundred there's nothing that can go wrong right here, and you're just giving God so much room to do something supernatural and miraculous in that life. So a quick story. That blog post um, by Diane, she compared she compared young ladies to pieces of crystal, crystal glasses, or do we treat them like plastic mugs? So I'm thinking here, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I started thinking, well, if I have a piece of crystal, $500 crystal glass right here. That's not something you take off the shelf, go try out, and then just return it. It's fragile. Like you probably don't even want to take it off the shelf. They've got to go unlock the key. The owner of the store, who's got authority over that crystal glass, her father, has authority over that. As He's got to give you permission first. All this stuff. So I'm thinking about this crystal glass. And I'm thinking about the plastic mug over here. This crystal glass, it's like, maybe I can like admire it from afar, maybe. But I, I, I don't even want to, I'd rather like talk to him about this first. I'd rather see, because once I take that glass, what if I just took it and was, and I, and I, and I, I, was, I was trying to drink out of it, and I, was, and I just broke it. I just broke a $500 crystal glass. And then I got to take it back, and now a father's got to sit there and repair that. He's got to try to glue it back together. All this stuff. Scars, everything like that. Can't can't be repaired. repaired. God's a redeeming God. But man, that's a big mess. That if we had just taken care of that crystal, if we'd have been diligent in ourselves, can I I even afford a crystal glass? Can I even, do I have the diligence to take care of it? I I don't don't need to go try this out. What if I just talk to other people like crystal glasses? Maybe they could tell me a little something. What do I need to look for in a crystal glass? You know? (laughs) Things like that. (laughs) So it's, it's if if we're going to, in this area, maybe it's because I'm 23 and where I'm at in life right now, but in this area, always miss over there. Because scars and death are on the other side of it. Every single time. 100 out of 100 out of 100 times. Alright, we're done. There was some...